I think maybe me having a headache is like God's way of punishing me for starting to watch Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> Actually, I think that might be what it is. Why did you start watching Pretty Little Liars of all shows? Listen, <laughs> like I don't have a good answer for you, Jordan. This is a Vampire Diaries podcast that we started in 2019. But like, I don't have a good answer for you for why I started watching Pretty Little Liars in 2022. Let me tell you that the difference between Pretty Little Liars and the Vampire Diaries. Uh huh. Yeah. As someone who watched Pretty Little Liars for like two years and then gave up no like three years and then gave up okay uh-huh. Pit of the Liar starts off making sense yeah and yeah. Then the more you watch it and as I've heard it goes real downhill yeah. I, I literally watched a, re- a, a video a three part video yeah where it was like it- I watched the first part of my I watched Mike's whole series and then I was like I have to like see if this is really like, what it's about and like, so I started watching season one it's it literally just doesn't make sense after a while. And you're like, what is going on? So, like, at least with Vampire Diaries, there's, like, some form of a coherent, like... Well, let's not pretend, like, this season of TVD, like, season five of TVD, makes any goddamn right, sense. Right, but at least they got to, like, season five, okay? <laughs> literally, Pretty Liars <laughs> start stop making sense, like, around season, the end of season two. And then you go into season three, you're like, what the fuck is this show anymore? Like, yeah. what did I what did I start watching? Here's the thing. I started watching it and I was like, okay, if the first episode grabs me, I'll I'll keep at it. If it See, doesn't, that's the problem. I won't test that's it. the problem. The first ep- the first season is good. The first season yeah! is good. That's yeah! the problem. That's the problem. Is I'm on like episode 19 or 20 of the first season, and I'm like, this is good. I'm the enjoying first, this. That's what I'm saying. The first season is pure like excellent the first two seasons are really really good you watch you get to the end of season two you're like wow this is a really good show and then you get to season three you're like they could have just ended it there they could have just ended it and it would have been perfect it would have been a nice little knot at the end of the story i would have been okay with it but no they decided to keep going and that was the problem they decided to keep going and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing (laughs) yeah now i like i don't here's the thing but I don't also necessarily the- want to continue watching, but I do want to keep Troy and Belisario on my screen for as long as possible. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, wow, what a like gay awakening. Hey, hi, hello everyone, and welcome to Afterbite. It is an originals fan cast, it's only eight years too late. This week we are watching season one, episode 14. Long way back from hell. Long way back from hell. Ooh. I don't get the um, title though. This to title? Yeah, this title, I think it's just an. It's some. It's a song, but I think mostly it's just. It doesn't make sense to me with the plot of the episode. Like, I think this is think one of their bad. Like... Can I say this is one of their worst ones? <laughs> We can go into it, but I do think I think it makes sense, but only once we get into the context of Klaus in this episode. Okay, I think I'll, once I'll, we get into it, I think it'll make a little more sense. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give you a little leeway to try to convince me that this title makes sense. Because I like. Here's the thing: I like this in I like the 
title Long Way Back From Hell. Like, I I like it because Elijah's having to sort of take the long way around to get his family back. Mm-hmm. But then also Klaus's discovery of Rebecca's drawing Michael to New Orleans. Like, it's going to be a long walk back from hell, y'all, with that discovery. That one's oh. going to take some time to okay. get over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very much Elijah's taking the long way to get his family back, but also Klaus is going to have to have, Klaus and Rebecca are going to have to have a long way back to get <laughs> not dead immediately next episode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're going to have to take a long time yeah, to yeah, get yeah. back in this one. Yeah. Okay. You you convinced me a little. Wow, that was really easy. You were, like, so reticent, and I just talked for, like, 30 seconds, and you're like, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, I, if you if, if you explain the vision... I mean, I think the problem is that the the personally that the title is just like like unless you explain it the way you explain it, it doesn't really make sense. Like you have to kind of the fact that you have to explain it, and I just don't get it right away is the problem. Yeah, it's still though. I think even before I explain it, I think it's still a banger title for an episode of the originals. Oh, you know what I mean? I think like yeah, it I fits agree. With all the I other agree. Titles. I agree. It fits well the other titles. I just like didn't get how like it connected to the plot in any way which is what i usually get from like the vampire diaries where i'm like yeah, especially eh. fucking last episode where they didn't fucking play total eclipse of the heart <sighs> god i'm still why? upset about that one why why indeed so this episode Season 1, episode 14 of the originals. The Netflix description of this episode is that Rebecca is locked up in a sanitarium and discovers a revenge-seeking witch is back. Elijah makes a decision that endangers Klaus and Rebecca. I don't love this Netflix description because it feels a little bit like... Elijah making a decision that endangers Klaus and Rebecca feels like what happened last episode. You know what I mean? Like, that's not his main plot this episode. Yeah, this episode... He tries to find them. And right. I think he does. He succeeds on his goal. Good job, right. bud. You right. did it. You found him. But like, he makes a decision that endangers them. No. That's... I think he stabs Klaus with an evil knife. Right. <laughs> That's what happens there. <laughs> but that doesn't, that saves Rebecca. Doesn't, and then endangers Klaus. It doesn't, doesn't endanger, endanger her, right? It, it does right. endanger Klaus. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I also want to note for this episode of Afterbite. Uh-huh. Instead of drinking a V8, like I usually am, a V8 energy drink, I'm drinking uh-huh. one of the orange uh, Mountain Dew Game Fuels. Ooh. Is and it good? So if the, it is pretty good. All of the orange Mountain Dew products taste the same. Oh. Like a Mountain, like an orange Mountain Dew Game Fuel tastes the same as an orange Mountain Dew Kickstart and one of their orange Mountain Dew energy drinks. Oh. Um so I really think they just changed the cans. I don't think there's a lot of changing here, but it's good. It's a flavor I enjoy. But also I do want to say, uh, V8 Energy Drinks, if you want to get back in our good graces by, you know, sending me some V8 Energy Drinks, because God, it's really hard to find this shit. And Mountain Dew Game Fuel was just there. Like, I just went to their website and ordered a case. Huh? That's it. It wasn't hard. I just did it. Why well, is it so hard for me to find a V8 Energy Drink? <laughs> I have to fucking, like, (laughs) I have to overpay on Amazon or fucking go to the store right when they get restocked. Like, why is this so difficult? (sighs) Oh, V8. V8 energy drinks, I want to love you so much, but you make it so hard. Do a little better, V8. Do better for me. 
VA, do better for me, but also Mountain Dew Game Fuel. If you want to become the official energy drink sponsor of this podcast, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Afterbite or hello at brightcrownmedia.com. It's good. I enjoy it. Let's get into this episode. Yeah. Jordan, what happened last time? Yeah. I know pretty- you don't have it on the sheet, but like. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty simple. What happened last what time? What happened last time? It feels like this is part three out of like a three-part series. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, in the last episode, um, a, a series of things lit- led to um, Rebecca and Klaus getting kidnapped. So basically, in the previous episode, we find out that Celeste is actually Sabine. And she's mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, has like a little army of um, dead witches who have been revived um and they basically all have and they team up with monique um which is um sophie's little sister and basically they have a little plan to get some revenge on uh the michelson clan so um originally it was just like this what is it called i don't remember this this guy's name the the first one who died the first witch who died oh papa tunde yeah papa tunde Basically, it was originally him. He attacked them. Um, I think he was basically kind of like a red herring, right? So he attacks them well, first. Well, he, he came in here to do his job. He came in here to work. He was kind of like a distraction in a way. He was here to make the knife and then he left. He did right. his job. He was like, thank so, you, goodbye, give me my paycheck. And then he died again. He was good. Right. <laughs> he clocked in for his nine to five. He clocked out. He did his job. So then... We have this like super powerful knife that Papatunde's um, blade. Papatunde's blade. Um that has like all this dark energy. And in the end of last episode, Klaus is stabbed with this knife by I think it was Sab- Celeste, right? No, it was He got the red-haired stabbed one. by Yeah. Right? Uh Bastiano. Red- um and then we also have Rebecca, who was lured out into the forest um, to be betrayed by this wolf who thought that by working with the witches, they would break their curse. Um, and basically, she gets bit up a whole bunch by werewolves, right? So they go missing. Um, and Haley, at this point, is also in a fire. Um, and basically... Celeste tells Elijah, you can save one out of the three of them, not all three of them. So Elijah goes to save um, Haley out of this this fire. Um, and then they have like, a, the him and the witches have like a whole conversation. And basically, um, Klaus and, uh, sorry, yeah, Klaus and um, Rebecca have gone missing. And Elijah is furious about this, of course, because that's his family. And he tells Marcel. And Marcel's furious about this because, you know, that's Rebecca, um, his love or whatever. So um, they are now teaming up to find them. That's basically what happened last episode. That's what happened last time. This episode, I really enjoyed this episode, actually. Even before we get into it, I want to say I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I think this is like a really good, good, good episode. It's a lot of flashbacks, which means it's pretty good, right? Like, right. I feel like they always try extra hard on flashback episodes. Right. 
you know, TVDTO doesn't matter. They try extra hard on these episodes, and good God, I love this episode. Yeah. So Rebecca wakes up locked in a sanitarium, (laughs) and it doesn't get better from here, besties. It just (laughs) continues to get worse from here on out. So Rebecca wakes up hallucinating to Helen back. And there's like people coughing up blood. This episode was terrible to watch while I was eating. Oh, no. I was literally sitting on my couch eating pizza. And I was like, this was a bad decision (laughs) on my part. This was bad for me. Oh, But she um, wakes up and Rebecca is in a very hallucinatory state this episode. She goes pretty seamlessly. And I think that's why this episode is good. She goes pretty seamlessly between real time seeing things that aren't there and mm-hmm. then going back to 1919 and sort of like cycling in and out of that state it's mm-hmm. very like flowy and like ephemeral it, this episode and i yeah. think it really works to this episode's benefit i agree it feels very much like early tvt episodes mm-hmm. where they would have those really really cool transitions between flashbacks and present day and this yeah. time, instead of just them, like, stating, oh, we're, like, let me tell you the story. They're just, just just going straight into the transition, which is sick. Yeah, like, Rebecca will open a door, step through it, and suddenly we're in a 1919 flashback scene. It's really, really good. Yeah. So, Rebecca is running and trying to escape. And she, om- she manages to make it out to the front lawn of the sanitarium. And then Genevieve stabs her with a table <laughs> leg before she can escape. Yeah. She's like, our oh. girl is going through it, this app. <laughs> oh, she's got it the worst. She has it the worst this episode, I think. Yeah. I think she has it the worst this episode. I know Klaus was stuck in Papa Tunde's little torture cell for a little bit, and the blade was bad, but I think Rebecca has it worse this she episode. She most definitely has it worse simply because... The entire goal of these witches is to make her have the worst day possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that in the end, she dies and uh, Klaus and Elijah are turned against one another. So, like, basically, the plan is like, we're not even touching Klaus. We're actually going to help him out a little bit. And let's also ruin Rebecca's life. And But though I do like the way that Genevieve breaks it down later in the episode, she's like, well, if I can get Klaus to hate you, then he will try and kill you. Elijah will stop him. And suddenly that brotherly bond is gone forever because Elijah wants to save you and Klaus wants to kill you. Right. And so I like how they're playing it. It's very, it's very nefarious. I love it actually. It's very sinister and clever. It's very clever. Yeah. it's It's not even like they're really doing anything. They're just revealing some information that will cause all these things to happen. Yeah, and I think, and it's so, the last few episodes have been very much about Elijah. Like, this show so far has been very much about Elijah trying to, like, make good with Klaus and to, like, get Klaus to see reason, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But here, in this episode, you realize that Klaus, like, Elijah in this circumstance would pick to save Rebecca. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he would pick Rebecca. I think it was last episode we were, like, kind of yelling at Elijah because he 
was very much like Rebecca was feeling guilty and she was like, fine, I'll go like take Kaylee to the plantation house so that we can be out of your hair and so that you'll forgive me. And I think it's very, it feels very, I don't know. I, I really enjoy it how you're like, oh, so actually he does actually like her, you know? Like he does right. feel that sibling bond with her because sometimes she does feel like the odd man out because she's the only girl and like she's so often doing her own thing, like inventing feminism, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's nice that episode Elijah's like, like the whole thing depends on Elijah sticking up for his baby sister. You know what I mean? Right. And I just, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Klaus wakes up on a surgery table with Celeste above him. Uh, Celeste, this episode, is just here for like three seconds to talk and then get her knees broken. That's it. Right. <laughs> right. She's not, she's not like, I don't know. She is the mastermind, but she very much, it just feels like she's only here for like two scenes this episode to like talk and cause problems. Right. I agree. Um. Elijah interrupts Sophie's funeral. And this is actually interesting. They are consecrating Sophie so she can join the ancestors. So that's a confirmed dead, a confirmed loss for the gay community. I really like Danielle Pena. Like, a loss. A loss for the LGBTs who thought she looked pretty on this show. Because she did. We just keep keep losing by people left and right. We really do just keep losing them. And we will continue to lose them. Like, damn. <laughs> Until season four, three, two. I can't remember when a certain character comes in or when a certain character is confirmed by. But, yeah, season two or three. Unfortunate that it'll take a long time. But, you know, CW in 2013. 2013. Wait, was this episode 2013? This episode was technically February of 2014. Not much better. <laughs> that actually makes it a little worse. It actually makes it a little worse. <laughs> so, um, Monique gives Elijah this like riddle. Um, basically, not even a riddle, just like a trail of breadcrumbs where she makes a bunch of names appear on his body. And she's like, this is every name that... Celeste has inhabited in years. Yeah. So he has names reaching Sabine Laurent on one arm all the way back to like Celeste Bois, right? I think it's so, so it's such a cool way to give a hit. It's interesting too because you're not sure how it works until they figure it out. You know right. what I mean? Like you're not sure what's going on there until they track down all of the records and find the only witch on Elijah's body who didn't kill him, kill themselves is Clara Summerlin. And then everything fades off his body and you're like, Oh, okay. So that's how that worked. I like that. They didn't describe it as it was happening. They were just like, you'll figure it out in the end. And you do. Right. Genevieve talks uh, about how she and Rebecca like used to be friends. I actually think what's interesting this episode is that comparatively, Genevieve spends a, only like a little bit of time with um, with Rebecca. The majority of her time this episode is spent with Klaus, which I think is interesting. Um, right now she's with Rebecca, though, and they talk, they reminisce on their shared history in 1919. 
during an influenza epidemic. Which, like, wow. You know? I know, right? Like, wow. <laughs> Topical. Thanks, thanks for reminding us of this pandemic, besties. <laughs> um, also, the this influenza epidemic that they're referencing, by the way, um, was, like, really bad for New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of, like... There were there was a large outbreak of influenza all across the nation that year. Um, New Orleans had like the third highest death toll. Oh my toll. god! Yeah. So, and honestly, they weren't third by a lot. The highest was Pittsburgh, and then Philadelphia, and both of those had less than one hundred deaths more than New Orleans. Uh, whoa. like that's crazy. This was bad, right? Yeah. So there's like some jokes about how um, Genevieve is like, I wouldn't imagine a vampire would care about an epidemic like this. Um, and it did make me think about how technically vampires can't get sick, so they would be the best doctors. And then that got me thinking about how Twilight, Mr. Cullen is a doctor. And I was like, oh, okay. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking the about vampire it. universes. I am connecting them. Um, <laughs> no, but because stuff like later in this episode, when you find out how Rebecca brutally kills these women, um, you're like, like, oh right, that wouldn't happen if it was a if they were both vampires. Like they wouldn't have to worry about that, right? And then it gets you thinking about the research a little bit that the Whitmore Society was doing about how they can use vampire blood for good and what, like, diseases they can cure. I think... I don't know. It's just interesting. It's very interesting because, like, if you really think about it, what Whitmore was doing wasn't that bad if they would have just asked for consent. Yeah. If they would have been like, can we dismember you for science? There is some weird vampire who would have been like, yeah, as long as I can come back in the end. (laughs) Right. Like, like, you could have just asked for consent. And then gotten that consent and then just like maybe saved humanity with a little more ethical, like yeah, a, l- exactly. a little more, 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 more good in the world. But you just decided to do it in the worst way possible. Rebecca invites Genevieve and her friend Clara out to a jazz club. Um, so there's that. Elijah, Marcel, and Haley all take down the names that are on Elijah's body. And I think this whole storytelling device, now that I think about it, was just an excuse to get Daniel Gilly's shirt off. <laughs> uh, and, like, I'm not complaining. He looks very good shirtless. Oh, yeah, no, they definitely were just using it, like, kind of as a plot device, let's be honest. Yeah, right? Like it, it, They were like, kind of just they were using like, it as they were a like, They were like, let's take off his shirt and then have Haley walk in. <laughs> that's that's they're like how do we get Haley to see his shirt on? how hot he is right exactly and like think about oh man we really could be something he really know. is just standing there with his hands on his hips and his abs fully out it's very funny actually <laughs> <laughs> like he looks so nonplussed he looks just so like well I guess this is happening now <laughs> Like, I don't know, just the, just this, hold up, let me send it in the podcast group chat. Just this image from the wiki makes me laugh really hard. 
Like, he's just like, well, this might as well happen. Uh, <laughs> funny. You're so right. He's like, he's like, all right, well, well, I guess this is my job. So, I, I mean, like, this is how I pay the rent. Okay, fine. Gotta, gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, I got distracted. I thought okay. I recognized, I think, yes, um, the girl who plays Monique here. I think she's, I've seen her face in a bunch of gift sets recently. I think she is playing some lesbian on NCIS now. Oh. I just, sorry, I got distracted. I was like, wait, she looks really familiar now. I feel like I've seen her on my dashboard in passing. Yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah, good for her. (laughs) Good for her. Get your work. Yasmin? Get that paycheck. I love that for you. Um, Where was I in the plot? Recap. So they find out that the tattoos on Elijah's body are all um, are all the people Celeste has inhabited before. And it's like a really impressive amount of names. Oh, yeah. She just was just like hopping bodies like crazy. She, she was booked and busy for these last 200 years, man. She was like, booked I'm just and busy. Because there's no reason she needs to go through that many in two, uh, 200 years. If you think about it, a human can live a very long life. Well, when did she die? Maybe it was more than 200 years. When did she die? It was like 1790. That's so like 300 years still. A human can live still, a very long life, okay? Yeah. They can there at least no live until like their 70s. Because they're this many bodies. <laughs> she literally was just like, I'm bored of this body now. Time to get a new one. I'm bored of this life. Time to get a new one. Oh, wait. So right, Queen. I get it. I understand that. Let's go. Like. <laughs> Imagine if whenever you were bored of the life you were living, you were like, I'm so tired of being here. You could just be like, all right, well, time for the next one. Goodbye. He has a lot of names on his body for like 200 years. <laughs> she really was booked and busy. Like, like, like That's like every like maybe 20 years. Maybe. Yeah, she was like, if I hit the age of 40, I am killing myself. <laughs> and she did. Many times. <laughs> like, oh my god. Why? Is this a real question? I don't want to like, make light of it, but god, that's so many names. Right. Like, come on. No way. There's Maybe there's something up with Celeste, because there's no way if I would body hop, I would do it that often. Oh, you think there's something up with the evil witch who has lived 200 years just to like... Get some revenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, giving. It's giving. Um. Um. It's giving like. It's giving Spencer's evil twin from Pretty Little Liars. Wait, yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's giving Spencer's evil twin with the terrible English accent. Oh, it so is. Like, t- speaking about terrible English accents. God, that uh, show was a setup. Troy and Belisario was set up. Speaking about terrible English accents, um, earlier while I was watching this episode, I was really thinking about like, wow, Haley's accent just hasn't improved at all, huh? It really has not, unfortunately. 
Like, you really just do get used to the bad accent because it's not there. Yeah, you do. You get used to it. The only person on the show who has a normal accent is Marcel because he's just talking like a normal person. Right. Everyone else Everybody is else like, has the world's most confusing accent in some way or another. Like, something's off all the time. And you just get used to it. It's so funny. I think it's because Elijah and... Rebecca and Klaus all have wildly, weirdly different accents. Yeah, no, seriously. Haley has a weird accent, and then you're just used to it. So anytime you meet an old vampire, they just have a weird accent, and you're like, yeah, okay. You're like, this is not fit, but okay, but no, nothing fits, so like, it's fine. Exactly. I kind of like it that way, though. You're just like, I have no idea what time period this is or where you people are from. I love it. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay okay Genevieve slices Klaus open to remove the dagger from his body and let me just say wow that was so gross that was was gruesome there was a couple moments in this episode where I was just like wow this is so disgusting to watch like ugh yeah, Making like I said, don't eat pizza or pasta while watching this episode. It, it will mess you up, probably. It wasn't great. You Bestie, were eating let me pasta? Tell you, it was not good. Pasta I was eating pizza. Too? No, I, I was just eating pizza, but I was like, this is, the sauce is so bad. And oh. then I looked back in my fridge and I was like, the other thing I have in my fridge right now is pasta because I haven't pasta been would, in two weeks. Pasta would like, also, be also be really be bad. bad. Yeah. Pasta would also be real bad. I'm just thinking about, ew, no. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. We stop now. So Genevieve and Klaus have like some energy this episode. It's a lot of It's a very charged energy. Yeah. There's, there's. Very charged. There's something that could be going on around here. And then it makes it even weirder when you go back to the past and learn that Genevieve really liked Klaus. And I think that crush continued and that's why the energy is so weird. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, there was like a very charged energy in the studio. And like, it's good because it makes those scenes viscerally uncomfortable in a way. Right. But like, still you're like, oh, what an energy, you know? Yeah. They were bringing something that I don't know if I was ready to receive. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was given like, if, here's here's what it could have been. It could have been like, oh, two sexy villains, you know, having like a, a nicely charged session. But like, it wasn't that because in this case, Klaus wasn't the villain. Not yet anyway. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Will he be? Yeah. Yeah. By the end of this episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Haley mentions to Elijah that she wants him to interrogate Marcel about one of the names on his list, Bryn Devereaux. Um, Bryn was the one who cast the curse on the Crescent Wolves. So that produces an interesting conundrum. Because Devereaux was its own, like, family bloodline, right? Right. However, Celeste was inhabiting Bryn's body while 
she cast the curse. So there's technically two people who could end the curse on the Crescent Wolves. One, a Devereaux witch, or two, Celeste. Which right. I just think was an interesting way to split the magic power. Because I just thought that, I just thought that was interesting. Because Celeste has mentioned, or who was it? Somebody mentioned that there was only one person who could undo the curse. Technically untrue. There's two. <laughs> Monique, who is a traumatized, radicalized teenage militant. Right. And Celeste, who is evil. So, <laughs> either way, not looking great for those Crescent Wolves, let me tell you what. It really is looking bad for them. It does not look like they're getting out of that curse anytime soon <laughs> it does not look good for them it does not like monique literally just killed her aunt <laughs> yeah basically so i think monique is the last Devereaux, technically yeah so there's that genevieve links klaus and rebecca's minds basically so that she can guide rebecca back through her memories and klaus will see them firsthand yikes mm. Back in 1919. Also, Rebecca this whole time is seeing some horror movie shit. She's, she looks she's into in, a room. She's in a horror movie this episode. Like, that's she the is theme. in a horror movie. She, like, looks down this hall and there's, like, these two little boys dressed in suits. And she's just like, what the fuck? And then they open their mouths and the most ungodly scream like, I've ever like, heard comes out of them. I was like, is this The Shining? Like, what the fuck? Literally. She looks in a room and there's, like, one man who's just barfing up blood there's like one woman sitting dead in the bathtub it's like a whole lot we for actually, rebecca rebecca's we, going through it we actually haven't had this much horror in a while when you yeah, think it's about been a it bit, hasn't it because i just remember like past seasons of us doing after by us obsessing over really good horror techniques you know remember those days yeah yeah Nice. Good good times. I really like this episode and how horrifying it is, actually. Oh, yeah. No, I enjoy it, so it when well. the originals take some more deep turn into horror because it feels like they can more. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like in TVD, they did it slightly, but it's like such a much more lighter show. Yeah. It's definitely much more like on the, if I was watching the Scream movie side of things yeah this Whereas is like, this is the shining this is like the shining and let me tell you something i don't like horror movies i don't either <laughs> i actually read the shining book and it was rather good i could not watch the movie uh, horrifying like, movie hor horror techniques okay. are like really cool but like mm -hmm. can i sit through them no no, I, not really. I stuck at that. I, I'm a little pissed, baby. I... <laughs> I'm a little baby when it comes to horror movies. I also can't sit through horror movies. Like, my cousin used to force me to sit through them, and I I just be like, oh, I don't want to be here. Why are you forcing me to watch this? Also, can I mention that your two notes on this... Thank you for making a notes sheet, by the way. Last week, Brian, it was Brian and I, and neither of us made a notes sheet, <laughs> so we were just really going blind. Thank you for making a notes sheet. But your two notes for this episode uh -huh. is, oh, that was gross, and okay, that's gross. 
Yeah. (laughs) Very much the mood this week. You literally were just like, okay, that's gross. Also, that's gross. (laughs) And and let me just say, there were at very two distinctive times, okay? Like far apart from one another as well. Yeah. It was very... I just think it's funny. I think it's very funny. Um. Okay. Marcel and Rebecca, back in the flashback to 1919, Marcel and Rebecca have a rendezvous in a room full of corpses. Yikes. It oh gets my God. a little hot and heavy. That and was Genevieve the moment where I was them. like, that's the moment I was like, what are you guys doing? This is fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, They're vampires. They don't care. Like, just like, uh, uh. Uh-huh. I do like the way that shot was framed because it was just like a very much like a close up on right. them and their bodies, and then like it just suddenly cut, and, and there was just dead bodies. bodies everywhere, and you were like, and like "Okay, oh, oh. <laughs> a comedy." Like- honestly, a fucking that sh- that cut was a comedy. It's like, oh, so we're in a room full of corpses, and we're about to just get it on. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is the I guess this is the vampire equivalent of trying to do a quick one in the bathroom. Basically, it's the vampire equivalent of a quickie in the bathroom. Or in like, yeah. We'll just say that. Elijah and Marcel have this fun scene where they're getting information from, like, a city clerk about the records of whereabouts of, like, different supernatural creatures. Apparently, the human faction keeps detailed records, especially death records, on every supernatural in New Orleans, which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And we never really talk about it again, but there are very detailed records of every single supernatural in New Orleans, werewolves, witches, and vampires. It's crazy to think about that because, like, compared to, like, compare that to Mystic Falls, where, like, they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. And then you come to New Orleans and they're like, we have a very detailed list of every supernatural living here in New Orleans. Just, you know, keep an eye on them. It's really. Yeah. Like, the super, the, the human faction in Mystic Falls. Was not standing a chance. No. The human faction of New Orleans, they have knowledge on their side. Right. And that's why they stand a chance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they they have a little more semblance of knowing what they... And when you think about it, too, it's so crazy that, like, um, the difference in the way that Mystic Falls is run versus, like, New Orleans, like... Comparing the two is like comparing like like really, really, really good leadership and then just poor leadership. And it's all just stems from the fact of like the vampires that started out living there, you know, like, yeah, in New Orleans, you have the Michaelsons and they're like, so we're here to take charge. You know, we're willing to work with you a little bit, but we are actually here to take charge. Supernaturals will be running this area. Versus, like, in Mystic Falls, the Salvatore brothers rolled in. And then they were like, <laughs> they were like, we don't really know what we're doing. Um, but, like, we'll keep, like, killing some of y'all and, like, taking your blood or whatever. You don't have to really know about it, though. <laughs> yeah, it's very much, like... Like, very different. You can tell the clear difference between the families as well. 
very much like kids on a playground versus Adults a graduate like student office. getting their PhD. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There is very much a difference there. It's so funny. Elijah questions Marcel about Bryn Devera, finds out that she's the one who cast the curse on the Crescent Wolves, etc., etc., etc. Genevieve tells Klaus that Rebecca and Marcel conspired to get rid of him by bringing Michael to New Orleans, and there's a flashback of how it like plays out. Um, I like the way they split up these flashbacks, um, where like. They have the first part of Genevieve and Rebecca in a club where they're like just chatting and being friendly. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts back to the present and Klaus doesn't believe Genevieve. And then we go back to Elijah and Mike and Marcel and Marcel's like, okay, well, if it's Clara Summerlin in 1919, then there's something you need to know. And then we cut back to the flashback where it's like Rebecca asking Genevieve to summon to summon Michael, basically. And then Elijah, like, nearly loses his shit. He, like, throws Marcel against a door. Um, And also, the walls in this house have got to be so sturdy. He fucking slammed Marcel up a wall. Nary a a crack. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing even falls off the walls. Right. Shit should have been falling. I'm sorry. I just... I just saw that scene and I was like, he was running really fast when he slammed a whole dude who is not a small guy into a wall. And then nothing, like the wall is just fine. Like, (laughs) what is this house made of? I (laughs) need to know, need to prepare the next house I build with this type of shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. What is this house made of? And when and then in like a season or two, we learn it's made out of this really secret supernatural stuff that makes the walls really sturdy. It's like super. Yeah, it's fucking the. (laughs) Some fucking weird version of whatever uh, Wolverine's bones are made out of adamantium or what the fuck ever. Right. (laughs) We'll find that out, and it'll be the world's weirdest crossover. (laughs) Celeste's whole plan comes into focus where she plans on using Rebecca's betrayal to pit Elijah and Klaus against each other. Um, And it turns out that Celeste was the other nurse who was friends with Rebecca. Which is like, whoa. Which I kind of actually also saw coming. You kind of saw it coming because you're like, why is this other witch here? Why is she important? Like, why is she wearing the only other, like, bright color in that one flashback bar scene? Whatever. Right. Like, Like, why is she interacting with Elijah in this way? Like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Like, you didn't have to be so obvious about it. Exactly. So we find out that actually, back in 1919, Rebecca tried to call off the spell. After they had done it, Rebecca tried to call it off. Which, like... Michael from coming to New Orleans. Can I just say, how did Klaus not consider this in his decision afterwards of what he was going to do? Yeah. Why why did you not realize that she was like, oh, I made a mistake? Don't want to actually betray my brother. Want to remain loyal to him, actually. But I can't undo what's already been done. Like, why Why was that not a part of, like, the realization? Preach, bitch. Like, I don't know. I, I was so confused because after this happened, after that reveal happened, and then she let him go, and then he went up super close to her with the knife. I was like, oh, so he's, like, not going to tra- betray Rebecca, like... Like, they're actually, like, really on good terms because he realizes that she's actually tried to stay loyal to him. It was just too late. No. 
just decided to continue to be evil. Just decided to go for it, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think at that moment I was, I was a little disappointed in Klaus. I, yeah, but also he's my monstrous little meow meow. <laughs> <laughs> I will continue to call Klaus Michelson my little meow meow until it ceases to be funny, which means I'm going to call him my little meow meow forever. forever. Now. <laughs> I think it's still so fucking funny. <laughs> Like he's like, you, you sweetie, you could have had like a, a little redemption moment here, and maybe he would have after he had, you know, like maybe he would have after he had stabbed her, or whatever. Oh, like realize, oh no, that's wrong. Let me take the dagger out of you and let's rekindle our relationship. Yeah, maybe he. Planned to stab her for a few years and then, you know, he was over it. You know? Honestly, feels. I don't think so. I think I would have also been disappointed of that as well because, like, Rebecca originally did this because of what you did to her previously. And instead of being like, oh, like, she made a mistake, but like, she tried to fix it, you were like, let me go punish her again. And then in the exact same way that made her resentful towards me. Like, what? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, have you figured out that this show is about the cycle of abuse yet? (laughs) Hey, have you figured out that that's like one of the core concepts of this show is struggling with the cycle of abuse? Have you figured that out yet? (laughs) Which is good. I do like that that's one of the core concepts of this show. Um, But yeah, it does feel very like, okay, so that was your plan? That was your evil plan? Okay, sure. Uh huh. Perfect. <laughs> Great. I get it though. As Rebecca is trying to call off Michael, um, the Genevieve in her pocket has a bloody handkerchief, has a bloody towel that they were using to get some man's influenza blood, contain it. You know, because influenza nineteen nineteen was a very like. If you got fluids in you that contained influenza, then you were fucked, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Rebecca infects Celeste, or sorry, she infects Genevieve and the body that Celeste was inhabiting, Clara. Um, and she infects them both with this influenza, which is harsh. Oh, yeah, I know. And it's then... Very- she compels the orderlies to keep those two in quarantine until they die. Which is like, <sighs> by the way, she did this because of the fact that she was scared that Genevieve was going to tell Klaus the truth about what she did. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh, my God. Yikes. Damn. Like, damn, Yikes. damn, damn. That's so evil. That's so evil. Like, Wow. Like, that is the way that Celeste looks when, or the way that Genevieve looks when Rebecca holds the bloody rag to her face is so, this actress did a great job. Yeah, she episode. did a great, yeah, she did a great job this episode. Um, Who is it? Elise Levesque. She's also, she's, also did a great job. she's also super pretty, by the way. Yeah, she's. I was actually just about to mention that she is very pretty. She's like gorgeous. Like, damn, she is. I, I I I love a redhead. By the way, like def- we love. A I love a redhead. Like, what else was she in? IMDb. 
She was in a lot of one-offs. She's also in Stargate Universe um, for a Good. long time, if anybody remembers that show. Um, yeah, she is gorgeous. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> like, like super super beautiful like damn yeah she's also in ready or not ready or not that movie that's a literal like when i hear ready or not i think of a bridget mendler song so like what's that that one movie with um I samara see. weaving where she is in a wedding dress and has to murder a bunch of people. I Never only know the it. visuals of that movie. It's a big deal, allegedly. Oh, I've anyway. literally never heard of it. But also, I just realized recently, I'm just not a movie person. Yeah, that, you know, fair. Just don't watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I also went to film school, and I'm very much not a movie person, I'm, too. I'm, so I'm like, definitely, like, a TV person. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think I'm watching Pretty Little Liars instead of <laughs> anything else here? <laughs> um, okay. We're actually almost done with this episode. Yeah. Surprisingly, this episode's really, like, succinct. Yeah. This episode has, like, two plot lines going the whole time, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Which, like, it, which it, is it a strong point. It between present and past for one of the plot lines, but that's, like, it's not bad. Yeah, I think that's one of the strong suit is how simple this episode is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very much like, here's what happened to Marcel and Rebecca and why these two witches, why these, why this witch wants revenge on Rebecca specifically. And then here's what Elijah's trying to do to find them. That's like mm -hmm. it. It's very, yeah, it's very succinct. It's, it's a good, I don't know. TVD season five is such a massive letdown in pretty much every way that it's really <laughs> nice that there's an episode where like, this is two plots. Here is how they intersect. Go. That's it. <laughs> We're not doing any sort of long cons. There's no vampire secret societies yet. We're just, just go. Here it yeah. is. Just go. We'll do half of the flashbacks. That's it. Good up, guys. Love it. Love it. Um. Okay. Genevieve restores Klaus to his full power, and he goes after Rebecca. She gives him Papa Tunde's blade. Yowch. Great. She's I'm like, sure this is going to turn out really well. She's like, just go crazy with it. Go crazy, go wild, go stupid, bestie. <laughs> Celeste is walking out of the sanitarium. <laughs> and as she's just walking out of the sanitarium... <laughs> She just gets hit in the fucking knees by by Haley. Haley has like a baseball bat or something. Just fucking takes her down and is like, sup, witch bitch, let's go. Like, okay. <laughs> it's so funny because like, you know, Elijah handles problems his way. Klaus handles them his way. Like they all have very like ornate problem solving methods. Haley breaks this woman's knees <laughs> with a baseball bat. I'm like, that's, that's so it. her. And uh, by the way, that's so her. That to makes total sense for her character. Exactly. It's so her. She just... She's like, she's like rough around the edges, which I love. <laughs> she's like, hey there, witch bitch. You and I are going to have a little chat. <laughs> 
It's just so good. It's just so good. I agree. Rebecca is being hunted down by Klaus. And she's like, I know how much you enjoy the chase. I'd sooner deny you the pleasure. Ooh, spicy. Klaus confronts her with the blade. And he, like, describes in detail what it does. And she's like, then do it. If that's what you really want, fucking do it. And Klaus has this moment where he's like, are we skipping the part where you're, like, begging for mercy, for forgiveness? Because I was really looking forward to it. And Rebecca has this, like, I don't know. I really like this moment between them where he's like, are we skipping that part? And Rebecca just says, I know it wouldn't do me any good. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fucking grovel for you if it doesn't actually do anything. Which is such a, mmm, spicy. She's like, I I love this development of their relationship in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, definitely in the past she would have begged for forgiveness, you know? Yeah, and I like, I feel like season one of the originals very much gives us a lot of Rebecca and Klaus. Yeah. Like, strengthening of their relationship like sure it tells you about the bond between elijah and klaus but we get a lot of rebecca klaus stuff too they have like a ton 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 of conflict which i think honestly is something that the show really needed like just the tvdu in general because of you saw how much in like tvd how much i feel like rebecca was just like being used by klaus yeah, And it kind of mm-hmm. felt like he was sort of getting away with it because they never really focused so much energy on Rebecca. Yeah. Um, but really, in the original, she gets to shine a little bit more on her own. And I feel like she kind of regains a little bit more power when you think about it um, during the original. She kind of yeah. gains more of her own, um, which I really mm-hmm. like for Rebecca because, like, she was introduced as such a strong character so like but then it kind of like fizzled out out at some moments yeah um and they're refusing to let it like fizzle really here in the originals she's like sort of like an equal to klaus here and has a much say i I like that i like how yeah in tvd she was very much just introduced like Remember when she was introduced and she was like very slut shamey right off the bat? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. And then in the originals, we discovered that she actually invented feminism. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, (laughs) she has depth, and I'm glad we're finally getting to it. Yeah. But yeah, she is also very much used, it feels like, as a tool for klaus in the original or in tvd and here she's like oh she made her own decisions and they were bad but they were and some of them were bad but like they were her decisions that she made right and she deals with the consequences of you know what i mean and it also feels like in this moment when she doesn't like try to gobble for like klaus's redemption or whatever like I think she's, like, really committed to, like, I made some bad decisions and those are mine, right? But you're going to make your bad decisions, too. And that's not my fault because, like, you know. It's not my problem. Right. What you decide to do with this information. Especially because, again, she did try to reverse it, by the way. By the way, she did try to realize what she did was wrong and try to reverse it. 
not her fault that the spell was irreversible. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Like she tried her best and still they also wasn't mention, They also mention um, when you show the flashback, when they show the flashback of them doing the spell in the first place, there's a mention of the fact that like Rebecca had stolen their father's blade when, um, when they were young and his father and their father had beaten Klaus up over it. And Klaus has this one really weird line where he's like, Rebecca had never taken fondly to the concept that weapons weren't for women. Which, like... Yeah? Back to the fucking 17th century or whatever, dude. Like, yeah. Okay? So? Are you misogynistic again? Like, come on. Is this your anti-feminism moment? Are we gonna have to get the feminism girl squad down here to beat some sense into you? Like... It was just such a weird line. I don't know. It right. was just a weird line. That really was not good. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I agree. You know? It was it was weird. It was weird for Klaus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, they're fighting in this room and uh Marcel comes in and tries to attack Klaus, but Klaus is stronger because he's imbued with both his original strength, which is stronger than pretty much anybody because he's a fucking bastardized hybrid. Uh, I say affectionately. And (laughs) he uh, just like throws Marcel to the side and he makes some note for Rebecca and he's like, your, what is it like? Your torture won't be complete until you see Marcel die in front of you. And she very much tries to, tries to bargain for him like you know you don't if you're gonna like it was my idea to summon him if if you're gonna hurt anyone it should be me and uh klaus says this line and y'all this line makes my blood boil (laughs) klaus says such loyalty to your beloved you know if you had offered me even a fraction of the same i wouldn't have to do this and then he lifts the blade. He is about to stab it in Rebecca's chest. But then Elijah intervenes and stabs the blade into Klaus's chest. Which is like, yes, let's go. And Elijah's just like, run as far and as fast as you can. Go. And the episode ends with Klaus in Elijah's arms in unimaginable pain. And it just like cuts to black. You're like, right. Oh, That's okay. it. <laughs> It felt very sudden. This yeah. whole episode went by really quickly, which I appreciate. Because sometimes yeah. we have episodes where you're like, like, drag on. And you're like, when are we? Oh, when is this over? Like, let's go. How is this an hour still? Like, yeah, like I feel like some of the episodes you'll like move your mouse a little bit and you'll discover that you're only 20 minutes in. You're like, Jesus Christ. But then this episode, it ends and you're like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, like. Let's go back to that Klaus line of Let's go loyalty. back to that Klaus line. Because what the fuck, my dude? What do you mean, loyalty? What does she have to be loyal to you for? Have she you... was exceptionally loyal to you for nearly her entire life. And not only that, she considered her loyalty to you after the fact and tried to fix it. So what do you mean? she clearly was like she realized her mistake and then tried to fix it Klaus that's loyalty are people not allowed to make mistakes Klaus is that not allowed 
Do people have to be perfectly loyal to you all the time? Right. Only you can make mistakes. Don't worry about it. Like, come on. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Rebecca, like, up until recently, Rebecca has been pretty loyal to you, despite the fact that you've constantly daggered her for years and kept her unconscious for years. And then she, she still stayed by your side for all those years. Yeah. Like... Like yeah. she she resented you maybe a little bit, but still decided to stay by your side because you were her brother and you've never done the same for her. Not once in your life. But somehow you expect her to be okay with that? Like, come on. Men derogatory. <laughs> no, for real though. Like it seriously is. It's like, just ugh. ugh. <laughs> I love how we did that at the same time. Ugh. And then, like, I, another thing I wanted to say, I'm related to this, but I think this episode was better than the last episode, you know? This feels like an actual, like, oh, part two into a part, like, or, like, part one into part two, part three, whatever. You know what I mean? I feel like okay. last, the last episode, for some reason for me, lacked this, lacked that in the sense and it might just be because again they were doing like a lot of like explanation and world building so it was like taking forever to get to a point like this but this one I felt like it like went smoothly which is why I enjoy this episode more even if there's like a cliffhanger at the end you know like yes I want to see what happens next and it's weird because I feel like not as much stuff happened this episode compared to last yeah, not episode, a ton happened but like they executed it so well that i don't really care because like i enjoyed watching it so yeah i really liked this episode it was so good yeah i really really like this episode episode and i think next episode is very much um what is it Le Grand guggenol um I'm not pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, because it's the G-U sound in French, it's like Gignol, right? Like, it's very weird in French. Oh, I don't know I don't what know. is going on with the French language. Um, But I really do, I like this, this episode, especially as sort of, I think, the middle, the middle to end part of this sort of like, where did the power from the harvest go? Mm. Um, I liked it. I like this app. I like it a lot. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you like this app? I think it's definitely for me. It's still not a ten. I don't know why though, because like overall, I like I enjoyed this episode, but I don't know. It's it's still missing something to make it like a ten. Damn, this is still missing something for you. Yeah, like I don't know, like. I feel like when I watch a 10 episode, like, I come out of it knowing, like, right away, this is a 10, you know? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I like I really enjoy that episode. Maybe it's the fact that nothing really that crazy happened this episode. Yeah, this was just a lot of Rebecca flashbacks. Like, it, there's nothing, like, really, like, oh, my gosh, that was mind-bogglingly good. So I feel like that's probably why it's not getting a 10 for me. But still, I like this episode more than the last one. 
So I think I'll give it like a, it's like as close to a 10 as you can get it. So I'd give it like a 9.75. 9.75. It's just, it, it is missing something like crazy spectacular for me to make it like a 10. Like I think back to like TVD episodes, like the ones where, where, where um Elena burned her house down, you know, like that's a, that's a banger. That's a good yeah, episode. That's a banger. Right. Like clearly, that's a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. So I feel like this it lacked like an Elena burning down her house moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. All right, that's fair. Actually, I'm kind of with you there. Um, I think I might go with you with a nine point seven five. It's pretty close, but there needs to be something else. Yeah, they needed to go crazy somewhere. Like we like something oh needed my to God. burn. In yeah. order to give us a 10. And I think next episode might. Ooh. Because if next episode is what I think it is. Yeah. I think it might. I think it might. Um, unfortunately, we won't get to that for a while. Because next week on Afterbite, we have uh, Season 5, Episode 14, No Exit. We continue down our path of the one of the worst TVD seasons. <laughs> Oh, Lord Almighty. <laughs> God, I think it's insane. Okay, so I have the sheet set up to tally all of our, um, to give us, you know, the average of every episode as we're, as we're doing it, right? Uh-huh. Our averages for season five of the originals, you're at like an 8.95, I'm at like a 9.5. Our averages for season five of TVD, you're at like a 7.2. I'm like at a six and a half. Like, it's not good. Out, it's not looking good out here for uh, <laughs> for TVD season five. Let me tell you what. Like, it's not looking good out here for her, bestie. Like, damn. Like, I can't wait. I didn't, I didn't make a stats page for last season. But I think I'm going to try to make like an infographic stats thing for this one because I just want to do a comparison. It is going to be kind of bonkers, I think. Like season one of the originals versus season five of the Vampire Diaries. Like, damn. Yeah. It's going to be. Oh, also, we need to add something to the counter. Oh, the Um, MVP. Well, that, yes. But also, this episode. The plantation house burned down last episode. Marcel (laughs) does a very, like, thank you for letting it burn. Kind of had some bad memories there. Like, hey, Bestie, do we need to add another one to our unsubtle Marcel slavery references on the sheet? Oh, my God. You're so right. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought I'd bring it up because it was there. And I, like, heard it and I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to that house for getting burned down, though. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Um, Okay, sorry, we can move on now. Who's the MVP for this episode? My mind immediately went to Rebecca. I was also thinking Rebecca or Elijah, but I really do just like Rebecca this episode. She's like, like, Claire is on a different level this episode. Claire was kind of acting. Like, 
Okay. She was kind of acting. Yeah, she was acting, dude. Like the she was kind of on her shit. Like the distress look in her eye, in her face this entire episode while just being tortured by the past yeah. and she by the really surroundings. Good. Like okay, she plays a very good tortured, yeah, woman. <laughs> yeah. Like plays damn. very good being tortured. Like damn, like damn, damn, damn. So good. She did a good job this episode, Rebecca. Claire, you were on it. You did a good job. I think Claire would kill it in a horror movie, actually. Oh, Has yeah. Has she no, done definitely. any horror movies? I, I think she would know. kill it in like a slasher, honestly. Let's see. Let's see. I don't think she's done like a slasher horror movie, which is what I'm kind of talking about. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Why did I just learn that Claire Holt's 10 years older than me? What the fuck? Okay. I didn't need to know that. Oh. I don't think she's done like a like a slasher. No, she, she I think she would she, do great in a slasher. She, she doesn't even have that much of a, of a filmography when you think about it, which makes sense because like she was just like on two shows for a really oh my long god, time. she was on Pretty Little Liars. I just watched that episode this morning. Yeah, she was. She was on. I remember that happening. Oh, good times. A good times moment that happened. I a remember that happening. History, honestly, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, didn't she play like Emily's like love interest? Or was it who was she on Pretty Little Liars? I'm like ninety nine percent sure she played Emily's love interest. I think she was some queer love interest. I don't know if she was Emily. Yeah, she dated Emily Fields for a short time in season two. I remember that. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm telling you. I remember that was a moment in history. That was a moment (laughs) moment in history. Okay, that was her story, all right? Like, come on. <laughs> come on, you guys. We all remember where, where we were when we... We, are, we all remember where we were when we were a little 12-year-old um, who, who just remembers, like, seeing Claire Ho on it from H2O, just add water, on The Pretty Liars. And there she goes, having a little love interest. Oh, she kind of had, Emily. like, a look. She yeah. was kind of... She was yeah. ki- damn. She was kind of. She had a look. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a thing. We all remember where we were when that happened, specifically. Yeah. One for the history books, my friends. <laughs> One for the history books. Next week on Afterbite, we will be looking at season five, episode fourteen of The Vampire Diaries: No Exit. Um, last episode of TVD was pretty disappointing, so here's hoping that we get even just a modicum of good. <laughs> anything. I'll take anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it for this week. Y'all can find us on Patreon if you want episodes early, as well as secret things like <coughs> merch. Um, that can be found at patreon.com slash afterbite. Follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter at afterbitepod. Leave us a ranking. If you leave us a nice review on like Apple Podcasts, um, we'll read it on the podcast if it's nice and interesting. And funny. Make it funny, you guys. Make, Make it, it funny. Really funny. Okay. Make it funny. Y'all need to like get on Jesquire's level, actually. Like that was that... Apple reviewer Jesquire is like the peak. You all need Ugh, to get on her so, level. So good. I love how she won't discover that we talked about her for so long. Yeah, literally. <laughs> she will <laughs> She'll be like, What? In, like 
three years, we'll get another review. Like, hey, they talked about my review on the podcast. That was kind of wild. <laughs> um, until next week, y'all, get your fucking booster shot. We don't have an get outro booster. for this podcast anymore. Just get your fucking booster shot. Get, get vaccinated. Booster. Get pricked. Get fucking pricked. Also, Stan Luna. Oh, wait. Yeah. Stan Luna, you guys. <laughs>